0: Hello, everyone. This is Parviz from Physics Foundation podcast channel. I'm pleased and uh, so happy for having Dr. Um, Harry, Harry der z from Netherlands. I'm sorry for mispronouncing. So he is a, a co-founder of Foundation. He's working in a different countries, helping people who are suffering a lot. And it's a an honor for us for having him, and I'm so pleased that he accepted to do an interview with the Physics Foundation Podcast Channel. And uh, so, first of all, uh, thank you so much, and uh, we we would love to we, our audience would love to listen from you. Uh, a short intro, uh, introduction from your your site, where what you what you do, and uh, so so, please. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Thank you, Paravit, and I'm I'm sure I won't be pronouncing your name correctly either. (laughs) That is fine. (laughs) Um, I'm a homeopathic physician from the Netherlands, uh, where I've had a private practice for many years, and at some point through a colleague, uh, Peter Chappell from the UK, um, I heard about a new treatment based on homeopathy for HIV AIDS in Africa. Um, I got interested in that and uh, at some point found myself in Africa to kind of do, do some research about the results he claimed. Um, so together with a colleague, Cory Hivat, who is also co-founder of the foundation, um, we went to Malawi and interviewed some 60 patients that had been starting on this treatment some six months before. And we couldn't find a single case that did not respond in a very remarkable way to this new remedy. Uh, This was in, we went there, I think 2003, 2004, probably, 2004. Uh, Around that time, antiretroviral drugs in Africa were very scarce. Probably only some politicians and, and rich people were able to obtain them. And the rest of the people were just dying from something... They called the slimming disease. They didn't want to know the, the diagnosis either. Uh, there was a big mm-hmm. taboo around AIDS. And uh, anyway, seeing those results, uh, that was very remarkable. And uh, so coming back from Malawi, uh, I approached Peter and I said, I'm, I'm happy to kind of see what I can do uh, to help to make this more available to more people. Uh-huh. Um, And um, yeah, so soon enough um, I found myself devoting more and more time to this kind of work. Um, And besides HIV-AIDS, other conditions were included as well in the project, Uh, malaria for instance, and at some point also different forms of trauma. And um, ultimately there are actually several hundreds of different remedies designed for specific conditions in Africa, that uh, do a wonderful job. Um, so in 2007, um, I decided to give it my my full attention. Uh, so I asked my wife, can you agree to stop the practice for two years? Meaning like, can you agree to stop having an income for two years? <laughs> and uh, And she agreed and uh, actually um, I never went back into the private practice. The the foundation has been flourishing in the most beautiful way. And uh, that's the AMA Resonance Healing Foundation is the name of it. Uh, AMA being like an international word that uh, represents loving care. You could say loving care to our uh, humankind. Yeah,
0: that's perfect. So, uh, your foundation is is based in in Netherlands and it's working in Africa. Or,
1: yeah, it? it's it's based in the Netherlands officially, uh, but we work with a team of volunteers from several European countries, but also people like from from India, from uh, the United States, um, and the work is in Africa. Um, I think currently projects are going on in in like almost a dozen African countries. Um, The treatment of HIV-AIDS still being a very important part of it. um, And another very important part has become the prevention of malaria. not by killing mosquitoes or things like that, but simply by boosting the immune system with the same remedy that is also being used to treat malaria. we call them PC remedies or source resonances. Um, And uh, so with that project, we see we can prevent children especially from getting malaria, from dying from malaria. So we devote a lot of our our, uh, budget and our efforts to preventing
0: Diseases to happen. Uh-huh, great. So it's a uh, in in one way it's treating, but in another way it's also preventing uh, patients yes. from getting malaria. Yeah. And yeah. you're working only in one specific country, or no? There are several countries that you're involved. No,
1: like uh, like I said, it's it's about a dozen different countries. Um, we've uh, the the largest amount of people being treated through these remedies would be in the Congo, um, especially the the east part uh, where health care is scarce, and which is also still kind of a war zone, so many traumatized people also. The traumas of war, the traumas of the genocide, and the Rwandan genocide, which was much bigger than Rwanda alone. Uh, actually, more people were killed in the, in the Congo than in Rwanda. Um, and uh, Kenya is one of our major countries. Malawi is, and several other countries are. Uganda is, is growing uh, more and more. So we see more and more countries joining, and more and more projects and volunteers joining as well. Okay, great.
0: So it's uh, because the reason that I'm asking me, our podcast channel is listened by different people at different in different countries. Might be yes. some countries will reach you, so is there any type of connection that people could give back to you and to, to, to benefit from your what, what you're providing to the other countries to benefit from these uh, remedies that you mentioned for prevention yes. of malaria? Yes. So is there any way that they could reach to you?
1: Yeah, the best way would be to visit our website uh, ARHF.NL, uh, AMA Resonance Healing Foundation.NL, ARHF.NL, and there's a contact uh, form there where you can reach us. And there's a lot of information there about the kind of projects we do, the kind of results we see. There's several videos people can see. So, also, if people are just wondering, like, what is this about, and I want to know a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can find a lot there.
0: Okay, so uh, there is no side effect by this medication that you are giving to patients? There- um,
1: until now, until now. so the first time these remedies were used in 2002, we are now 17 years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, until now, we have not observed a single case where there were side effects, um, and we are the remedies are being being used by hundreds of thousands of people per year by now Um, and from none of our partners we ever heard about side effects
0: so you're working in a kind of network with other foundations or other partners
1: um yeah we basically work with with africans Um, we strongly believe that africa is very perfectly able to take care of itself um, so what we do is we train African nurses, doctors, etc., volunteers. Uh, we provide them with with the training material. We provide them with the remedies, and then they can do the work themselves. Um, and we stay in touch with them and ask them for reports and for data and things like that.
0: Okay, great. So what's the difference between your approach and the classic approach, which is, uh, for for example, for the malaria case? there's the classical medication, which is given through the years. And so if you compare this to which one you would, you would say that it would be more effective or yeah. you know, more suitable for people in Africa. And um, with classic
1: repro- uh, approach, you mean regular pharmaceutical remedies? Absolutely, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, clearly these, these work, um, but you all mentioned Already mentioned the term side effects and mm-hmm. that is something that is certainly true if you look at, at people in Africa with HIV AIDS that take antiretroviral drugs mm-hmm. um, sometimes the side effects are very severe um, I've seen many cases of people just bedridden because they were paralyzed mm-hmm. due to the treatment that is quite a side effect um, also with with diseases like malaria all these remedies can have side effects. Uh, That's just Mm -hmm. a rule for pharmaceutical remedies Mm -hmm. uh, that they have effects and side effects. And sometimes these side effects can be quite innocent and sometimes they can be severe. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one advantage we would have over uh, these kind of drugs. The other is that um, if you use a drug to suppress a disease, so you try to kill the virus or the bacteria or the protozoa or whatever it is. Um, at some point, the uh, the microorganism becomes therapy resistant, meaning that it is actually become it has actually become stronger and is now able to fight uh, this this remedy and survive it. Um, so. Because of that, you see patients that they get the remedy, but it doesn't work. And so they get sick anyway, or they even die anyway. Meaning that then they need to develop another remedy. And also that one will work for a number of years. And at some point, again, therapy resistance kicks in. That's a very big problem. Um, so besides side effects and therapy resistance, there's a third one and that is that in our analysis and observations, um, these epidemic diseases somehow play a role in the evolution of mankind. Mm -hmm. And if you suppress them, you may successfully suppress the disease, but then whatever the disease is about to bring home to the individual or to the collective is also being blocked. Um, so you need, you need a remedy that, that kind of um, does not uh, interfere with that natural development uh, to which the disease is connected somehow.
0: Okay, okay. So, uh, as you mentioned that these remedies you have for different uh, other problems, but to ask you specifically questions, Apart from malaria, which other problems you treated, and while you have been in, in treating these people in African countries, so yeah. you just gave an idea to our audience that yes. which other yeah. which other diseases that they could have asked, they can ask you for the medication.
1: Yeah, um, you could you could divide them in three groups. Uh, so one group is the infectious and, and epidemic diseases. So that would be like malaria, that would be Mm -hmm. HIV AIDS, Mm -hmm. uh, but it also includes diseases like tuberculosis, uh, bilharzia, um, childhood diarrhea, uh, typhoid fever, um, hepatitis. There are many, many of these kind of remedies um, and diseases and remedies for them. And so, I haven't counted them, but i'm I'm sure that we would have something like one hundred different remedies for different infectious diseases. Um, but in the work in Africa, we focus on the main ones and those that are very prominent, um, like gonorrhea, you can still see a lot in Africa, certain parts of Africa, also you see a lot of syphilis. So these kind of diseases are within what we call the AMA for Africa kit of 36 different remedies. Uh, Besides infectious diseases, there is a group of trauma remedies. Um, I already mentioned war trauma, and the trauma of war and genocide, uh, the trauma of rape, uh, the trauma of uh, abuse, the trauma of being orphaned because your parents were killed or, or died from a disease or whatever. Uh, So there's a whole range of different trauma resonances, trauma remedies that we also use. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you would have a group of diseases that you would call chronic diseases. Um, In chronic diseases, normally speaking, especially in the West, um, you need to individualize the case uh, a lot more, meaning that you can't select one remedy for the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. In Africa, this is a bit different. Uh, the experience there is that disease specific remedy will still work in the vast majority of the people um, so these this would include conditions like hypertension uh, diabetes um, asthma sickle cell disease um, different chronic diseases are also included in in our approach
0: okay so um... Is there any kind of obstacle that you're facing while you're doing this kind of project in, in countries like Africa, African countries, or is there any kind of obstacle in terms of legal or any other issues with, with in, in yeah. terms of conflict with, with the pharmaceutical companies or something like that? Is there any kind of conflict?
1: Um. The obstacles in Africa would be that uh, our approach is based on homeopathy, but homeopathy is still quite unknown in uh, the vast majority of African countries. Um, so South Africa is, is, an ex, is an exception to that, and Nigeria is an exception. Uh, Kenya is starting to, to allow homeopathy. So homeopathy is, is still quite unknown. Uh, So that means that authorization and registration of our activities uh, can take a bit more effort. um, And in some countries, we are able to do more than in others. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another thing is that, yeah, there is an invested interest um, that can mean that in some countries they will try to kind of get a bribery for allowing their people to be treated. Uh, we don't do that, um, so, but it's something that, that has happened. Um, distances in Africa are huge. Um, people living in remote areas, transport not always easy, um, war zones where it's, it's dangerous to come. Um, so yeah, those would be the main obstacles in Africa itself. Um, and in the African people, you could say is that most people there just live day by day, um, meaning like making uh, secure they will have their evening meal. Um, so to devote their time to something like a voluntary uh, activity where you take care of your, your uh, tribal members, your country people, uh, and invest your time into making something available for their health, uh, that is not always easy. Uh, but there are some people that are able to do it and are very dedicated, and it's through these kind of people that this now reaches so many people. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's that's an issue, and, and also money is an issue. Um, the treatment that we make available is very cheap. Um, it it would usually cost, if, if you buy or if you make a remedy for an individual in Africa suffering from one of these diseases, uh, making a a dropper bottle for them would cost something between 30 and 50 cents, something like that, which is a very small amount here. Um, And they can use it for months for that amount. But for many African peoples, that's still quite quite an issue.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So many people will... Can only be helped if we provide it for free, and, and which that's what we ask our volunteers to do. If people can't afford, give them anyway. Uh, but that's that's an issue. Um, yeah, um, the, with the malaria prevention, we kind of circumvent that uh, by making the, making it available through schools. And by doing that, and by dosing all the children at the same time, uh, we can work a lot more cheaply. So to prevent malaria in a child in Africa costs about 10 cents per child per year.
0: And that's quite reasonable, yeah. Yeah. They can offer, yeah, it's,
1: it's... Yeah, and, and that, is, that is if you ask for like, uh, things that, that may block um, our work, Uh, especially in the West, um, it's it's a good-to-be-true story, too good to be true. I mean, how can it be that you have something which is apparently so effective Mm -hmm. that it can treat AIDS, that it can prevent malaria, many forms of trauma, infectious diseases, chronic diseases, so effective, no side effects, no therapy resistance, and it costs practically nothing. Um, and so for the western mindset uh, where we are very much used to using chemical substances uh, pharmaceutical remedies um, that have cost a lot of money to develop that have side effects uh, that are poisonous in a way Uh, yeah it's very hard to kind of believe that something so simple (laughs) can Mm. be true Yeah. yeah and so that might be the biggest the biggest thing for people to absolutely to yeah. kind of consider even this to be true
0: mm-hmm. yeah. and another question that because from the beginning we were referring these to remedies to to African countries is it only uh, created for only African people or we can use it for like waste in, in Europe mm-hmm. or in Asian countries yeah. is, or it, can we can we use that in in European countries or, or no? Yeah,
1: so our foundation is is just basically aimed at Africa especially and and other uh, you could say rural areas mm-hmm. uh, where people still live live in a, a simple life and um, more based in nature. Um, what you see is that the more you move towards what we call the developed world, which is a term you can consider how developed that is but anyway um what you see is that that the, the people in the west let's say like that are much more individualized and if you take their cases their cases are a lot more complicated mm-hmm. um, so it takes a lot a lot more skills to take the case properly uh, to know where to start treating um, and it it means that you have to individualize the case. You can't just say, okay, um, you have TB, take the PC remedy for TB. Mm -hmm. No, you will have to have a lot more skills to do that. So it would, the remedies can be used as a complement within like, for instance, a classical homeopath who's trained to individualize each and every case, uh, can prescribe Specifically for the patient and can use a remedy like this to complement its action But it doesn't replace that kind of treatment okay. um, And it can complement other natural ways of treatment if eh? you would use mm-hmm. acupuncture or yeah Chinese herbal medicine uh, You can combine it eh? because it mm-hmm. will never interfere uh, mm-hmm. in a way that would be harmful for the
0: patient mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So the, where do you see in the next five years your foundation and what are the what are your objectives and goal in the next five years you would like to go you would like to again be more involved in African countries or to, to extend a little bit your activities to the other countries like Asian countries the the global south we we know there are lots of countries that they are suffering mm-hmm. from these kind of diseases and in some cases they are unable to afford the a basic medical package.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: we have we have adopted a way of of kind of going with the flow and just allowing things to develop in a natural uh, way, um, and we've we have felt that. Uh, any way in which we would kind of try to force something uh, doesn't work whereas we kind of make ourselves available to what kind of um, gets some kind of support by itself it seems um, then Mm -hmm. things flow very easily Um, and so the this means for our activities that we especially have been using what we call a bottom-up approach, working in rural areas, there where the people need the help most, uh, where healthcare is scarce. um, There, people are very happy to receive this kind of treatment. Um, And through that, a network is growing, and what we see is that this network is expanding and expanding. Um, So based on on the developments that I would see like in the last couple of years, um, we see that more and more countries get involved, that within these countries, projects are growing. Um, So it's like a network that gradually kind of grows all over Africa. Um, And we would love this to be available to any African um, at some point. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's in our hands that that will happen, yes or no, but we're available to the possibility. We're open to the possibility. Mm -hmm. Um, So we consider it a bit a work of grace. Um, If grace allows this to happen in this way, uh, we are available to support that.
0: Mm -hmm. Ah, Great. So so basically you would like to reach Specifically for African continent, and if there will be an opportunity, because the reason that I'm asking you is, I'm also from a country from a global south, from Afghanistan. Yes. yes. And uh, the the problem that you mentioned, so there might be listeners from Afghanistan who might listen to our interview. Yes. Maybe they will get in touch with you, or they may maybe they will get interested to to because in, in Afghanistan we have a lot of cases of malaria, war trauma, patient, and uh, yes. It's, yes. it's the same case for Pakistan, for neighboring countries. So yes. in case yeah. of, so, you, you, you're willing to, to do that. It's,
1: We're open to that for sure. <clears throat> We've been in contact with people in Afghanistan, in Pakistan, in India, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Actually, at some point, I developed, uh, together with uh, a homeopathic doctor in Afghanistan, a protocol for treating um, diabetes in Afghanistan, and, uh, mm-hmm. and and included in that also treating uh, the war trauma, which many people are traumatized there, if, if not all, because either you've been, been affected yourself directly, or you've lost uh, loved ones in the mm. war, so, um, yeah, no, we're, we're definitely open to that.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. So, I had a question, uh, when you have been most satisfied in your life during all these experience that you had?
1: Mm. Um I think I was most touched um, when I was in the Congo. Mm-hmm. Um in the, and like I said, in the east of the Congo, uh, there is actually still a war going on. Mm-hmm. And um, so what happens is that rebels enter villages um, and just burn down huts and kill the men and rape the women and. Um, the children are being used as, as young girls, as prostitutes, or young b- boys as child soldiers. It's a horrible, horrible scenario there. And at, at some point I was in Bukavu, which is uh, in, the, uh, in Kivu, the East Province. And uh, we treated several women there who had had this experience. Their husband was killed in front of them. They were raped in front of their own children. Um, Mm -hmm. Their their sons taken, their daughters taken. Uh, They were raped, but also mutilated, uh, like with bayonets and things like that. Horrible, horrible stories. Mm -hmm. Uh, So these people you can imagine were very severely traumatized. And after we gave them this, this remedy for their traumas, Mm -hmm. Um, We got the feedback from them and that feedback was most touching and it showed the ability of of the human organism to really drop the past. One of of the women expressed it in the most beautiful way and she said, I'm no longer a slave of the past. So the nightmares were gone. The fears were gone. um, They were able to just be in the here and now. Had they forgotten what happened? No. Um, But instead of like being a burden that they were carrying around, it was like something that was behind them Mm -hmm. um, as a memory. Okay. Yeah, so that, that was very touching because these are people that are just a victim of their circumstances and and what could they do you know? mm-hmm. um, and that that even these people can be helped uh, and get over their traumas is is very heartwarming so i was very happy to see that
0: ah, great. so yeah. uh, is there any kind of support that you're getting from local people in the, in, the, in the west or or only um, seeking for some kind of support or what, yeah. what yeah. from local community in the U.S. does they support your project
1: um yes it happens um we, we get donations from uh, we are although we are all volunteers so nobody gets a salary or, or mm-hmm. gets his work paid or whatever um, but we get donations so we are able to support the projects in africa um, and, and train people there and supply them. Um, so, and sometimes, like you said, the community, it, it happens that like, for instance, Alliance Club decides to support the foundation for a certain project. Um, there are individuals that donate to us, and sometimes they, they come from out of the blue. Someone that finds uh, our website or hears about it and just makes a beautiful do- donation mm-hmm. uh, and you can can imagine that um, if we get i mean even even if we get like uh, 100 e- dollar, euros or dollars it means we can prevent malaria and 1000 children yeah. uh, so any donation has already a huge impact
0: absolutely
1: yeah. 10 cents is one life yeah uh, so yeah so we we Uh, we need donations and luckily with the growing of the work also the donations are growing Mm -hmm. so we're able to keep up uh, because otherwise we would have to kind of freeze the projects in the state they are now Uh, Mm -hmm. but luckily the donations are growing so we can can let the projects grow Uh, and something that we are working on um, in Africa is to make Africa less depending on Uh, sources financial sources from outside yeah Uh, so we're we're considering a small microloan project in Kenya and the revenues of that will be used for the project Mm -hmm. Um, there is there is another similar kind of project going on in um, the Congo where a small investment is being used and they're able to double the money in a year time so they can pay for their own projects uh, by these activities, and that is very beautiful because if if it can happen in that way, then Africa is really taking care of itself, and then there is no limit to this to spread. Um, mm-hmm. If it can can just be su- sustainable by itself, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it can just continue and grow and grow, and more people can benefit from it.
0: Okay, thanks so much for the interview. So if if you have any Message, special message to our audience or to those who are listening to podcast as a final word from your side
1: uh, well I would thank anyone that has been listening to this and I want to thank you for the opportunity to, to, to talk about our work and to uh, make this, this known to more people mm-hmm. and so um whether it's people that need this kind of help and hear from it or people that are willing to support us through donations or by starting projects themselves or become a partner organization or whatever um i welcome that all very much
0: okay absolutely i i'm, I'm sure that with the, with the great project that you're doing uh, we will we might be happy to cook. to to, to publish your message to our audience and we hope that there might be people who would be interested to cooperate with you it's a great project and thank you so much for giving us the opportunity and thank you for sharing your ideas and experience so it's a privilege for us and we might invite you another next time for another show or to discuss more in details but thank you for uh, thanks so much for this time and uh, it's it's a great pleasure and uh, honor for us thank you Thank you, Barwich. Thank you.